This is deep dish, right? Yeah, well, let's get deep. So, so I'm, I'm going deep on both sides. Robert, man, welcome back to the platform. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. What yourself? I'm doing good, man. What's, what's been going on since the last time we spoke, man? Man, everything. Um, getting more and more involved in these nonprofits, uh, just being a, a helpful figure with it. Um, my boy Otis Carter and Hambino uh, got the 200 man standing going strong, and I've been blessed to be able to help them out any way that I can to give back. Um, and of course, you know, my affiliation with the mayor's office through Ron Johnson has been really lucrative for me too, just being able to give back to the city the best way I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I've been seeing you build out here, man. We ain't seen each other at some of these events oh, yeah. or whatnot. The last time I seen was at the Jeezy thing. Nah, we. <laughs> I seen I seen you there too. That's true, that's true. But, uh, nah, I seen you. Uh, we did at the two hundred man stand with the uh, the giveaway Christmas, the bicycles sure, and stuff. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Man, your mind is on the concerts and stuff. All man. the time. Yeah, I'm tripping. <laughs> but uh, man, let's get man, let's get straight into it, man. Um, the last time you was on here it was some controversial things that you brought up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But also it was some things that I think that people, you know, were surprised that you experienced, like mm -hmm. the colorism you just being light skinned, uh, but also like. The interracial dating, those mm -hmm. things. Has anything changed? What was the what was some of that feedback you got? Well, to answer your question, ain't nothing to change. I'm still standing <laughs> on what I said on that. But um, the feedback I was getting back was um, on the interracial dating tip. What was my issue mm -hmm. for the most part? Or and I was basically just telling them it's not really just an issue, but it is. It's really like I look at it. We got a lot of black men who are the power structure in the black community, and you going out here, you making money for yourself. Um, if you're married outside your race, that money's going back. You know, still, still staying in your home, but the genera generational wealth that come from that, when you pass, who's it going back to? Right. And a lot of people are getting stumbled on that. Um, but, I, you know, I don't hate anybody who date outside of race. It, it is what it is. You're going you know, to live your own life. But I do feel like some of our own youth and people that's even close to my age don't know the history or background of what kind of resolve from having a black man and a black woman being together. Right. And I, I grew up there my whole life. My dad and my mom, my grandparents on both sides, you know, always long, long, long lived marriages. My sister and her husband right now, and my brother and his wife. Like, I come from that background, and I see how it can elevate a young black boy and a young black woman seeing these two people that look like each, each other, loving each other. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I think, too, is also to point out, um, like, I don't, I don't know if your mama or grandma or aunties ever told you this, but I know I had the women in my family tell me, that, hey, don't bring no white women home, right? Right, yeah. Right. And probably, especially in the South, probably most men, black men, mm -hmm. probably was told that when they was boys, like, hey, don't bring no white girl in this house, right? Yeah, my, my, my mom used to say something like that. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't bring no snow home and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. But, but like, as kids, we probably didn't really understand that it was coming from, mm -hmm. but as we get older, and this is especially for who listeners are, are not black, right? Mm -hmm. um, is that it's, it was a lot of harm done. Okay. Even still now, right? It's been a lot of harm done by just not the white culture in itself, but specifically white women on black men. Mm -hmm. So therefore, to protect us, it's like, hey, you, you probably shouldn't, you know what I'm saying, deal with them on that type of romantic relationship because you know they've gotten us killed, hung. Mm -hmm. um, I just seen a story uh, not too long ago, it might have been a couple of days ago, but it was an older story how a white woman got a man put in prison for them to life because she had a dream mm. that he had raped her. Okay. And they ran off with that. Like, that's a wow. real, y'all, like, go look that up. That's a real thing. She just, she, and he had nothing to do with it. 
But right. she just had a dream that it was him, and they convicted him. Like Emmett Till stuff man, uh, outside of the dream. It, yeah. I'm saying, but like that that harm that has really been done by mm -hmm. white women to black men, I think is where a lot of that comes from. It's where my our parents and their parents say, "Hey, you know, be skeptical, be cautious." I don't know, that, but but it, it is it's rightfully so. Mm -hmm. on why that message was carried is like the point like it makes sense it makes sense i will say to add on to that point because there's a factor mm -hmm. it also going to start with there's a silent war and it's been going for years between black women and white women mm. uh that war has been kind of even more silence now with the the growth of like kim k and she kind of a lot of black women love kim k mm -hmm. not knowing that you know well they do know it but a lot of times she stole a lot of their looks right to make herself even more rich but um, that war has been dimmed a little bit, but I know my, my mom's childhood growing up, she's from Memphis, and they just have a staunch feeling towards white women. Even though they're cool with them now, they can socialize with them, even some call them some of them associates. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to their sons dating them, that's not really what they want, because they want to keep things mm -hmm. uh, pure in a sense. Um, but what you bring up earlier, yeah, that's, that's it's a, it's a infighting between the two women species on that. Yeah. Um, white women might feel like you know they they look better because their hair, mm -hmm. and in the way things society got things look, it makes make you think that having long hair is supposed to be the best look. Right. And you kind of see some of my sisters fall into that that groove with the weave and this and that. Right. Um, sometimes they don't even want to hear us when we tell them like, we like you natural. Yeah. But they you know they think we're just talking. But yeah, but you know a lot of it too is not. It's, it's 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 the corporate world, jobs, right. employ, you know, things like that. Don't want them to, mm -hmm. you know, you got you, those microaggressions, those, you know, conforming. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It happened to black men and black women. You right. know, as far as how you wear your hair, your beard, how you dress, mm -hmm. all of those things. We the only people <laughs> that got to go through that 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 type of barrier, or even think about those things when we talk about jobs or going into a place or any type of environment. Like damn, like. Is 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 me having dreads gonna gonna hurt my chance of getting this job, or is me dressing a particular way gonna make people think of me where I won't get this opportunity? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's unfortunate, but like that's the barrier, you know, that you know, as black people we gotta you know hurt over, right? And um, from your head to your toes, man, and you you just never know. You you don't know the barrier unless you unless you a person of color, a color, but more specifically black. Right. You know, we got to think about that. That's true. Yeah, man. But I'm, 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 I'm even more curious on what people are going to say about that, that silent war. Right. Women going, how they going to speak on that. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there. Um, you know, we see it, you know, I bring up a situation when that happened, when Beyonce said, you know, Baker with a good hair. That was mm -hmm. subliminal right there. Yeah. You know, she was mad that, you know, Jay-Z messed off on her. Right. But that took us back to when how they really feel mm -hmm. about the situation and then you know you see how women get uptight when our professional athletes or our, not necessarily even our congressmen when they're dating uh white women they feel like we see like they always take what we got what we got mm -hmm. uh, they might not say it out loud but we see it you're right man i know you real big you know in the housing the real estate yes sir man nashville is booming yeah people are moving here it is uh, gentrification is happening. Correct. Uh, <clears throat> rapidly, man. Uh, we get a new stadium. We are all of that, man. Yeah, Let's talk are. about that, man. Especially you being a football guy. Um, oh, we're gonna talk about a lot of football too since you're here. No, man. But uh, being a football guy, man. What's your thoughts on the on the stadium, the East Bank, uh, Titans? 
And for people who don't know, it's, we we get a new stadium. Mm -hmm. This is happening. It's passed. They're just working 2. out. 2.5 billion, 2.4, something like that. That might be the, the floor. That ain't, that right. might, yes, right, that's right, what it's right. starting at. We have to do that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, man, what's your thoughts on that, man? Well, to be honest with you, I'm excited about it. Okay. Because I know that if we get the stadium, it's going to bring a Super Bowl. It's going to bring WrestleMania, if you even if you get to that. Um, NCAA playoff situation. Some, you know, right now we got the New City Bowl, but we might can reach out for another bowl that can be even bigger now, because now we can really compete with Atlanta and New Orleans. Because that's really what's been hurting us, uh, especially on the Super Bowl side. Right. Nashville is the it city. It's booming. Uh, we showed that when we had the drive here, and we had what, what seven hundred thousand people on we Broadway. Big, yeah, I think we had like the biggest drive ever. ever. Still, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So they want to come here, but I think the main thing is they don't want the weather to be a factor. Right. Uh, especially on ticket sales, you know, it don't look right. You paying four thousand dollars for a ticket and it's raining on you, right. or it's snowing on you. Right. Uh, so that's kind of hurt us with the whole competing with Atlanta and and New Orleans because they have a dome. Right. But uh, overall, I think that is we need it. I think that our riverbank should have been utilized. utilized because compared to other cities, I mean, even Knoxville River look better than ours. Like yeah. they they riverbanks. It's, it's right. crazy. We're a major major city. Uh, I don't know why we kind of left it the way it was for so long. But I think that it's a, it's a good look. And I know we have some locals here who might not fully agree with that, think that money should go some other places, which I understand that. But they got to understand also, once you get this big revenue situation coming in, you can start funneling that money towards um, the roads, uh, the schools. Um, and I hope we do talk about that on the schools, because that's, that's a big thing. Because yeah. our metro schools need some help. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? We mm -hmm. see the kind of the, the holes that need to be filled, whether it's affordable housing, whether it's education, mm -hmm. whether it's um, figuring out to do with our unhoused community in general. Correct. And, you know, we see our city making an investment in the stadium. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, we got, we got like, other real crises that need to be, like, taken care of today. But instead, we're putting this money, money into the city, I mean, mm -hmm. to the stadium. The city's putting this money into the stadium. And after I looked at it, and you know, what I'm saying, even was a part of some stakeholder meetings at the Titans facility mm -hmm. and things like that. It's 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 complex. You know, what I'm saying it's complex, and it's it's really more of a win-win for the city than a like than a win-loss. Right. And I say win-win because we would have had to pay for the repairs, right? Right. That's all. That was one point just we had to pay for the repairs yeah. in general, and then you know. The taxes on it, 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 it was just a, it was a bad lease. Correct. You know what I'm saying? It was a bad lease that we signed in the 90s. That a lot of cities that was growing and trying to get a football team signed. Right. And now I looked at it like, okay, now it frees up some money, mm -hmm. you know, that we don't have to pay. And then it's actually, hopefully, like you said, bring in some revenue that we can put those, those other things. But I don't think from what I've seen and understood, it's not taking away money from anything. Nah, they... they um, it's going to take a little bit of, that we might not see up front, right. but the long haul, we need this. Um, and be honest with you, you know, I'd, I'd rather be inside an enclosed place. Anyway. You know what I mean? Like, well, I just don't want to you know, deal with the cold weather, yeah. so I'm trying to watch something. Yeah. I don't want the the, uh, the elements to be a factor. So. Yeah. It's going to be interesting how they develop the East Bank, that area in general, because... Mm -hmm. What uh what a stadium is what a stadium is now it'll just it'll be moved to like one of the parking lots it'll be just right. not too far away right and then what a stadium is now that would be developed and right. so my whole thing is hopefully that development is opened up to like 
small businesses that's affordable. Hopefully, mm -hmm. it's something work. Hopefully, the city works something into that packages with developers to make things affordable for everybody. Correct. Um, and it's, and it and it doesn't become just for people the ultra uber wealthy who can afford to put their businesses in there mm -hmm. and you know hopefully black owned businesses will be able to you know small business that you know we don't have millions of dollars hundreds right. of dollars but right. we, we got a good product and hopefully being close to the stadium when people come in we can grow our brands and stuff correct, so correct hopefully that's a part of it i i, I for sure hope it does but you know we have to get out and, and voice that yeah uh for everything that we want to get out of this deal um i do want to see the high school football championships to come back to Nashville, mm. like it was back. Now I know Mercury had it for a long time too, but now it's in Cookville. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a little. I don't. Is it Cookville or Chattanooga? It's one of the two. Cookville, because that's what I think Tennessee Tech. Oh, hold on, I think they made it play in, in Chattanooga, Chattanooga yes, this year. Yeah, so yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. in my yeah. eyes, we the capital. We the capital. We the biggest it's city. A big capital. attraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another. I think that's another thing where they trying to get us trying to. The powers that be want to get away from TSU, I think. That's something else we can talk about there, but yeah. So, hey, so sticking to football, Deion Sanders, mm. HBCUs. Mm. Talk to us. How you feeling? His departure <clears throat> to Colorado, do you feel like, do you feel any type of way? Were you let down, disappointed, hurt? What was your emotions when you when you realized that Deion wasn't staying with Jackson State his last year on the contract? Or definitely wasn't going to stay longer right? Um, since he took the job with Colorado. I'm going to be always transparent about the whole situation. When First off, my two favorite players my whole life in football is Randy Moss and Deion Sanders. Okay. You put A1, A2, whatever matter. Those are my favorite players ever. Um, so hearing him going to Jackson State hurt me because that's how I, you know, playing at TSU. Right. I hate Jackson State, but I'm glad for the HBCU world that was big. Right. Uh, but my issue that I had with the departure was I'm not really too I'm not I'm not mad at him about taking more money to help y'all your family, especially knowing the condition that he went through. Because I see you kind of got them same conditions a little bit, but not as worse as them. Uh, him taking a pay cut, him trying to pay his players. I'm mean, his coaches. I'm sorry, but my issue was you came in preaching, like you know, we need to do this. You, you was talking a lot of we, uh, and that's the only thing that kind of got a lot of people still with a bad taste in their mouth is the we talk. Because mm -hmm. uh, we all know that he was not going to stay the whole time. Right. Let's just be real. But when you came in preaching with the we, right. it kind of caught people up and they're like, well, he's he going to be here for a minute. Or at least until his son graduate. But, uh, and then he left for Colorado. And then I remember that first statement, had, even Colorado said they had money yet. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. Like, you're going to leave. And you, but overall, though, I'm on the fence. So I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm tiptoeing with it. After the, this whole process has happened, I noticed that all the blame can't go on Dion. Where's the black corporations that can donate to could have helped him while he was there? Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have to go to Walmart and all these other places to get money. Right. When you got billionaires from, they went to Jackson State or whatever. And I know Mississippi is, is one of the poorest states in the country, but it's, it's some blacks out there who've made it out. And then you gotta be from Jackson, you can be anybody. Even, uh, Oprah or whoever, if you want to donate to this cause, they should have did that. Right. We get up in arms about things, but we don't ever have no solution. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and then, you know, lately, Ed Reed was supposed to go to Bethune Cookman. Yeah. And then how that happened. Um, I have a deep love for HBCUs, especially, you know, TSU being where I went. Uh, but we got to do better as a whole, man. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't keep on. And it's crazy coming from this is a very I'm a very pro black man, but we can't keep on blaming white men 
or white institutions sometimes for things that we could help out our own self a little right. bit. Yeah, we do know we systematically well right. down, but some things we can do. Yeah, I think too we gotta realize that um, as black folks, because of everything we've had to overcome in the barriers, that we're not gonna have the same starting ground mm -hmm. as white institutions. So we have to sacrifice. Right. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like most of us, I mean, I ain't gonna say most, many of us don't want to sacrifice money and mm -hmm. comfortability and you know all of these things to build something mm -hmm. you know and be along with that process instead of we want instant gratification which hey if that's what you want that's what you want but like i think we got to sit into reality like this is how things gonna end up getting started to happen if um if we want it to happen if we wanted everything to be black owned black controlled mm -hmm. but until we i guess sit that in our mind as a group it'll always be okay cool i use this kind of black institution or or, or environment or space is a stepping stone that then I go get the money here. Right. I go get all, like they gonna have more. Yeah, they, right. they should, you know? Yeah. And then even from a player thing, like what what accountability or social accountability do parents have or should have when, you know, all of our, all of our kids are the best top athletes, right. right? But we continue to send them to schools that, you know, 100 years ago we couldn't go to. You know what I'm saying? But like, as a parent, do you say, okay, now nah, we gonna, we're going to just start sending our, our kids to TSUs, to, to Jackson State, to, to Gramblins and all that, or or now do we? Well, the issue I've noticed with the whole uh, black parents not telling their kids to go, it, to be honest with you, it starts with they get our parents, the parents of these kids are getting younger and younger, and they don't even know the history. Right. You got mm. some, you got some, you got a 22-year-old son out here, or young lady, and their mom is 40. She mm. might not know, she's an 80s baby. Right. She might not know the history about, or the dad might not know the history about HBCUs when it was great. Right. So they're not knowing what to tell the kids that. That's why we have to use this social media platform to kind of still show history of what things used to be right. and what was ours. Right. Um, again, I'm, I'm very proud about TSU just because I know the history. I'm a big history buff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell people all the time, I say, to be honest with you, TSU is the Alabama of black sports, not just football. Yeah. There's no other school that got more on the athletic side, got more top tier players. Mm -hmm. Not Grambling, not Jackson State, not FAMU. Yeah, we was we was their killers. Right. You know, even though Eddie Robinson and Grambling got the most wins, that's because John Mayer died early. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even even the the, the uh, scheduling when they used to play each other, Tish, you still had to one up on him. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of history by HBCUs, but we have we have gotten away from it, um, and that just have to change if we want to make a change. But yeah, man. Um, since you, since you since you bring it up TSU, we got we got to talk about TSU football. Okay, man. okay. Man, what 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 we got going on at TSU, man? With Eddie George, <clears throat> and so of course Eddie George is not is not Deion Sanders, right? He's right. not the personality. He wasn't the, the top tier type of player Deion was. Mm -hmm. um, even though Eddie George was a great player, mm -hmm. you know Deion is one of a kind, right? Right. Um, I don't think there. I don't think it was. There's a lot of people in general that could do what Dion did, um, going to HBCU, right? Because of who he is, his marketing, his selling. Um, and a lot of people will say, "Hey, you know, when the whole Dion thing was happening, like, well, you got Eddie George at TSU, mm -hmm. you know. How do you compare the two um, in the sense of like Eddie George's impact in TSU?" Um, or I would say 
maybe not as impactful mm. as far as recruiting, mm -hmm. transfer portals, winning, um, and all of those things. Well, I'm, on the transfer portal, I'm going to get on that one first. Um, Eddie, yeah, he's not Dion. You know, Dion was an icon. Uh, but Eddie was right in his, was, great, was great in his own right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and playing for the Titans, we can utilize him being for the Titans into recruiting. As in, when it comes to some of our, I give them for majority of offensive linemen, most of the time are white guys, white kids. You got some black kids too that that phenomenal too. Um, I think that Eddie could use the Nashville piece. Even though it's HBCU, you can still sell Nashville to some of those great big players to come in and play for us. That's just on the offensive line side. There's no way that he shouldn't be able to get the top running back. Use a top running back and use the league. Right. So these guys should already know, okay, if I go there, he's going to get the right tutelage, especially if he has size frame. Right. Um, I think the breaking point that we need to have is selling Nashville to the recruits, mm. white or black. Mm. Um, that's one thing that even though Dion is Dion, but Jackson is not Nashville. It ain't. You know what I'm saying? So you find out real quick when you go down there. Right. Um, Eddie, he's a good guy. I've met him several times. Um, coaching wise, he's doing he's doing a decent job. Um, he was thrown into this in a sense. You know, he accepted it. Um, I think you just had to give him time. Okay. Um, Give him time, give him time to have his own players in. Um, and also utilize that transfer portal. portal. Um, that's one thing that's very, very appealing because you have Nashville on that. Like, people forget, like, yes, TSU is TSU, but a lot of, you'd be surprised if people don't know that TSU is in Nashville, mm. oh, especially on the blacks. When right. I go to Texas, they be like, huh, they, they had their own TSU, TSU right. Texas Southern, but well, we got the real TSU. We got the real TSU, right. right. But they don't know anything, and they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then they come out here like a new world for them. Mm -hmm. um, I hear it all the time from my Memphis friends. Like they man, they had never been to Nashville their whole life. They were two hundred miles away. But once they come in, they said they were going back to Memphis. Right. Um, he got to utilize that piece. Uh, he has a lot of NFL coaches on his staff, like former players, former coaches. Um, he just needs the right players. Mm. Um, they're heading in the right direction. It's just that you know, alumni. We want we we used to TSU winning. Right. And winning has been kind of escaped us from the last couple of years, and you know, people just getting a little antsy. Well, um, shit, because Eddie is not a um, a vocal person. He's right. not, it seems like, as far as, like, like Dion is, like, talking about HBCUs, mm -hmm. do you think he can do more of that, or is it things happen that he is doing, but because he's not vocal, we just don't know about Um he, he, <clears throat> he can still be a little bit more vocal, but one thing about Eddie, um, you know, not to be so racial all the time, but, you know, our white counterparts, they love Eddie. Mm. So I think that having him there will help us out when it comes to donations and funding. Okay. Because they're still looking at Eddie as the Titans player. Right. So we can utilize that and then want to donate to this little HBCU. Right. Knowing that he's under the helm. Right. Uh, if it's done right. But, yeah, he, you know, he's he's loved. Now, granted, yes, Dion is Dion, But, you know, a lot of people who love the Titans, they still love Eddie like Steve McNair. Right. Uh, so he he can make it work, yeah. just use his his what do you call it, nil his name image and likeness yeah. to really get it in. Yeah, man. Um, I want to kind of switch back over to more on the co community side of okay. things, right? You brought up education. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked a little bit about this when we, when we on our first interview about you know public schools here. You know what they need help on, 
you know, would you send your your child to a public school here in Nashville? Mm -hmm. um, what's going on, man? Um, does anything change? Is, are you, would you still send your son? Would you send your son today to public school here in Nashville? If, even if you had the money to, to send them to like a USC University School of Nashville, mm -hmm. you know, is, do you, would, you send them, would you send them there or would you send them to a public school here? Um, currently, my son, he's in a private school in Rutherford County. <laughs> that answers moment. the question, folks. <laughs> at the moment. But um, this is a great topic that's been brought up uh, that, you know, times are different. Let's explain this. I got my boy, Marcellus Banks, in, man, grew up with me, went to high school with me, uh, Little East Sports with me. And our, our time is different. Like, I think that going to metro schools when we did gave us a little edge. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, when I, I, you know, metro schools have to do better education-wise. Because I can like when I went to my first two years in college in Arizona, it was a culture shock and a smack in the face when it comes to schooling. Right. Um, but the edge-wise, being able to communicate and, and be hand, handle things under pressure. Culture. Culturized. Yeah. You're around your people. That you can't really get too much all the time in private school. I've noticed that even with my son now. The school that he's in, he's the only black boy in his class. Mm. You know, How does that make in, you feel? Um, it, it's all right. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> it's all right. But I, he has a good balance of, even though his school is a great school, great teachers, they love him, he still has his cousins. Right. Uh, he's, you know, he, he got my, my, I had my son in, in youth football this year for the first time, and I deliberately made sure he was in playing for a team I knew was going to be in East Nashville. Because he's going to get a little bit more rougher. Mm -hmm. He rough him up a little bit. And he had the balance of, okay, getting a good education, and he's still not going to be no pushover. Right. Um, and, and luckily, his, his uh, first cousin was on that team, too. So they both got that same experience at the same time. Okay. They also learned to have each other back. So that was perfect. Um, but um, going back to the Metro School piece, um, Metro School would have to get better on that curriculum before I decide to put them in that realm if I would decide to do that. As a parent, and as parents are watching and listening and probably thinking about, man, should I send my, my, my kids to public schools or not? I talked to Christian Bugs about this too, mm. um, who's on the school board and who's yes, a former the school board chair. Um, she was like, uh, you know, she was on the white school. We were both on the white school. Oh, I, oh, I know. Yeah, I know, we were both on the white school. She ended up going to MLK and I went to Pearl. But, um, Sorry to hear that. <laughs> 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 but um, we were both. But she was just talking to me about like the part that the parent can play right. in that investment in raising, helping raising the bar for public schools in Nashville, mm -hmm. especially like you said, it's a new generation. Correct. If me and you know what needs to be done as parents, because we went through the public school system here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. By us and our kids there, we can be a part of that change, right. and you know, invest some of our fruits of our labor into that, and so it can raise curriculum or at least have more funds to do more things, and you know, um, expand their curriculum some because that's what it takes. Because unlike private schools, it's not money just coming in and mm -hmm. be able to have a different, you know, more expensive type of experience, um, and you know, they have more range when you're independent school where right. in a public school you got you know more restricted on what you can and can't do because you under the whole system Correct. And, and that made me think about my own personal social accountability if i care about public schools you know that i could play 
uh, part in or could do in general. So that made me look at it differently. Um, even knowing that, you know, as we have, we both got black kids, black sons, you know, public schools don't, ain't really too, you know, um, too fond of black boys. Suspensions are higher. Correct. Um, literacy rates are lower, mm -hmm. you know, just for black boys. And it's hard. It's a lot of barriers. It's a direct school to prison pipeline. Correct. So I even had that in my mind too. Like, dang, like, 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 do I want to even, I don't think my son would have that issue, but. Why even put them in an environment where that's perpetuated? Right. You know, um, but she made me really think about what I could do to help and combat that as a parent that has a kid in public schools in the future, possibly. And so, man, I wanted to see what you thought about that. Man. I agree with that. I mean, even uh, when me and Banks played at Watch Creek, one thing that, to, that hurted us was, man, we yeah, I played at White, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Oh, man, he got to get his word back. <laughs> but we, um, we had a problem with getting funding, bro. Like, we used to go against schools out of county they got the the sponsorship from a rest, local restaurant all that mm -hmm. and we got nothing because metro school at the time wouldn't allow sponsorships for metro schools so we had to like go out to hope that somebody donated some stuff to us yeah and luckily you know we was actually you know way good better than Pearl at the time that the titans <laughs> gave us the old field uh and, and it did help that we had Stephen there's best friend on our coaching staff at the time too right uh, but, yeah, but like but that goes back to like that community like investment right correct. if you you know Y'all went to White's Creek, unfortunately. <laughs> what responsibility did y'all have to make sure that, you know, White's Creek, you know, the investment, just like HBCUs, right, you mentioned, right? If you went to an HBCU, yeah, you, you might not have open money, but, like, what can you do to invest and get back if you know funding is an issue? What, can you donate $10 a month mm -hmm. or, you know, $100 a year or whatever it may be? Um, but, again, it takes sacrifice. It come back to alumni. Um I speak on White's Creek because I don't know about two other schools, any other schools like that. Our alumni base is heavy, and to be honest with you, I heard got, I got a good alumni. Oh, base. big time! I've yeah. got, I've actually got more doors open for me through my White's Creek Association than my TSU Association. Mm. Just on the politics side, mm. uh, Senator Harold Love, he went to White's Creek. I, would, I literally was just watching um, uh, Married to Medicine the other day, and one of the main women on the show, she's a White's Creek grad. Mm. You know, it's based in Atlanta. I said, oh, okay. Wow. Uh, so it's like, it's, and that's just that small spectrum of it. Um, Gary Jenkins, the R&B singer for Silk, went to White's Creek. Like all these different avenues that we have, we just got to tap into those resources and get money back right. to, uh, to White's Creek in some way. But the, the Metro School is going to have to allow that to happen. Right. And I don't know if they want uh, too many people stepping on toes in that, in that situation. Right. But I haven't addressed it. I haven't talked to anybody directly about it. But I think that's one big factor that might scare some people about getting involved. Are they going to be, if I get this money, are they going to try to, not mishandle, but are they going to try to direct it where they want to direct it? If I give them for football, I want to go to football. Yeah, but I think, you know what I'm saying, I think in certain situations you can, like, mm -hmm. you can, like, with, even with, like, non-profits and stuff, right, I could, I can, I can say, well, I want to, I want this 5000 I'm donating to be dedicated to a specific initiative, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, especially our public schools won't, you know, turn down that type of money, especially mm -hmm. if it's in an area where, like, they need the money anyway. Like, right. Yeah, we are love it for it to go to the stem but like if you want to donate it to the five thousand to the football team like hey our football team could use it Correct. you know because that football team their success can bring in more donors and, and things like that and that's well, what the uh, uh white counterparts get they understand um even you can step it on up to even to the college level um it's the mismanagement of money in certain situations i heard a story about fist years ago you know i ain't trying to talk ill on fist <laughs> they're gonna come out your neck they're gonna come my neck but I, it was a story i heard about with bill cosby wanted to donate some money to Fizz okay. back in the day. 
And at the time, he was going like a college tour at HBCU. He was just giving the money. He wore their paraphernalia on the, on the Cosby Show. But they turned him down because he was going to build a building. I'm sorry, he was going to redo the basketball gym. He was going to give Fist the money for that. But they turned it down because the only demand he had was name that building after his son that passed. But Fist was like, well, he ain't go there, so we ain't going to do that. So you miss a missed opportunity. Wow. Now, I understand, you, you know, your Fist has a... A regiment where they want you to be the fist to donate and all that, but this, why would you turn down that type of money? And this, wow. this before Bill got into his you know legal issue. Right. So we shoot ourselves in the foot sometimes, even with the Ed Reed thing. Even though Ed Reed could have did it a little differently the way he approached when he got the job. Right. But but though you're not in no situation to turn down anybody right now, especially with that caliber. Right. I'm trying to be your coach, but. He could have did things a little, little different because you can't just walk into any job cussing, you know. But I think this, I think again too, is just a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even like he could have every, he definitely could have had a better delivery. Correct. Correct. But also, also too, it's like we gotta understand the stick on code sometimes. Like as, right. as black folks, like like Shannon Sharp. Oh <laughs> for, man. For example, Shannon Sharp is gonna say on national one of the biggest sports shows ever. He didn't want to go to Savannah State. Why he do that? Uh, and, but you know, even so that if you way, felt that way. Yeah, yeah. Like even if you felt that way, right? right. Even and they like, clearly felt that way, right? Because right. he said it. That wasn't his first choice. But I feel like, all right, cool. Like keep that inside. Say that. You know what I'm saying? Off, off air. You don't, you don't do that on national television. Right. And so I say that to say, like Air Reed, and even you know what I'm saying to Dion to a certain degree. I think he was a little more respectable he about was. how he went about it. But like, like, like we gotta understand one again. Like we're gonna have issues that other institutions don't have because right. of resources and funding, mm -hmm. and just because of systemic racism, right? Um, the state owe you know what TSU two hundred and fifty million something I'm like that. Half a billion. Yeah, yeah, just something. Yeah. yeah, and so like so when you have those type of things, right? Like that's going against you. Like you're gonna have some some issues. You're gonna have some some infrastructure problems, right? Um, but we still keep on right. keeping on. Right. And right. so I just think we gotta just stay on code, and just regardless how you feeling, you just gotta just say, hey, you know. Everything gonna work itself out, right? And then we gotta just understand that we are gonna have to just be real uncomfortable and sacrifice if we want to see things grow and if we want really full control of it. Because once you go ask, you know, what I'm saying that 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 white establishment for it, then it's different. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. they could, you know, they can direct and tell you, like, hey, I kind of want y'all to do this or that, or it might come back and bite you in the butt a lot of times. Right. Well, you know how black people do. Oh well. You know that white exception funded this anyway. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like you know, I mean, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. we we gotta we just gotta be willing to sacrifice. I think, That's true. Um, and understand that we're gonna just be in some uncomfortable situations that we gotta know going in. Either we gonna either gonna accept it and, and don't complain about it, and keep it moving, or we are gonna say this is gonna be an issue and just don't take the position, don't take the job, or just don't be in that space. Correct. Especially if you know you're gonna complain about it or try to use it as a point to where to, to the reason of why you're not at a certain level and not knowing like hey this is this is what come with it so that'd be my thing sometimes that's true yeah that's true another topic man we gotta hit on <laughs> mm -hmm. we gotta man like we gotta hit on uh we, we kind of talked about this a little bit uh i kind of around like uh just social welfare okay and things like that you being a person that deals in real estate, dealing with, with funds and things like that in the city, understanding money management, financial mm -hmm. literacy, and those things. Um, what can we do as a, just, just as a group uh, of human beings, and, and but also just black people, what can we do, man, to 
to be better on how we invest our money. You know, um, being a person that invests in things like that, how can we be better at that? What are some tips? What are some gems? Even to start slow with, if I only got, you know, if I'm only making sixty thousand dollars a year, you know, how can I, how can I take that and and be a homeowner and invest? It's the imagery, bro. Um, okay. One thing that's hurting us as a whole, us black folks, us black men. Let's put that in there. Our imagery got to be cleaned up. Mm. Um, we're everybody wants to like a rapper. Even they making forty thousand dollars, we're living beyond <laughs> our means. Um, we are so, too connected to social media in the mindset as in, okay, if we think we not got it all, if we don't have this, we, we compete too much with, with each other. Um, so the first thing is going to be with that is just changing our whole mindset of what we think is cool. Right. I know people that will go broke, man, just because they want to wear a certain fit. Mm. It'll look like they got it. Mm. What's the point? Let's, let's talk to black men. Now, granted, I would, the only issue I would say that with our black women is that is, is the guys trying to impress. I think that even on our women's side, if they wasn't so superficial and impressed by some of the things, some of the men wouldn't do it. But as a man, you lead her, you need to start it off first. Like, mm-hmm. walk out here with confidence. Um, even in my own life, like, you know, I, I usually like to have my casual wear, but I've noticed I even feel different when I put on a suit. Or just, yeah. But, you know, you don't know that growing up. You know, we, we associate suits with church. Yeah. Until so you get grown and start wearing it fit tight. You know, and I know Steve Harvey also, but if you wear something that's fit <laughs> and looking good, it changed your whole mindset of, of things. Uh, you step into a room with confidence. Um, and then also, us black men need to come together and get part of these nonprofits or these organizations that's really about change. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I'm part of a black man run organization, uh, spearheaded by my boy Demetrius Short. We literally just had a, a meeting this past Saturday. It was a powerful meeting, bro. We sat down with other black men in the city who's doing their thing, and we just try to put out, we brainstorm and put our heads together, like, how can we change the youth? Mm-hmm. especially young black boys um and imagery came up um to be honest with you the way we eat came up right fast food is just it's just getting ridiculous with us and we're right. seeing it kind of matriculating in our bodies the o- obesity um and then also i young youth seeing black men being men right um what does it mean to you to be a man what does that mean stand on your principles walking tall um do what you say you're gonna do um, and then also on the outside element of it, on a physical trait, um, that's how you interact with people, man. Um, I don't want to say this because I'm pushing buttons. You know me. Go ahead and say it then. But it's, it's even, even to come down to sexuality, um, Uh-oh. I think some things need to stay in-house <laughs> other than right. being broadcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm. If you like certain things, okay, that's cool. But when you step out that door, know that other people could be watching. You know, right. people be like, well, you can live your own life. That's cool. Right. But we ain't going to be able to change this stuff unless we are acting and walking like men. Yeah, you're going to get some pushback on that. I'm sure. I'm and sure. The and the only reason I say that because I, that's why I, I asked you, like, what does it mean to be a man? Because that is now a broad kind of term of what it means to be a man. Because, you mm-hmm. know, you can be biologically a woman mm-hmm. and be a man today, right? Mm. Uh, or identify as a man, I should say. Okay. Um, you know, you can be a man and, you know, have a purse, wear eyelashes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, put a wig on, be dragged, right? Mm-hmm. All those things um, now are also within, like, I'm, I'm a man category, mm-hmm. right? Um, just the whole thing, the whole LGBTQ 
community mm-hmm. now has um, put a lot of things out to the forefront that it's like, what is a woman? Mm-hmm. What is a man? What does it mean to be gay? What does it mean to be homosexual, heterosexual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as we know, there's a lot of people <laughs> on right. different spectrums of that. Um, but I always stand on this personally as a black man we gotta we gotta have those conversations differently yeah um, because I personally do feel like it's always been an a, attack a threat on black um, male image male image and just like straight black men yeah that's that's, that's me personally mm-hmm. um, I feel like you know we've always been the biggest threat to, to society right. to the United States and that's why um, me having a black son, mm-hmm. I take that seriously. And how that is like, you know, kind of addressed um, and how I deal with my son mm-hmm. with that, and how I raise him to be a strong black man um, and how to carry yourself Correct. Know, every day and instill that because I understand the attack that is waiting to come on him mm-hmm. from this country um, that we live in. And so um, I'm interested in what people, what people thoughts gonna be around that, just in general. Um, and that's what that's what I think that's the dialogue we gotta have, right? Exploring mm-hmm. that perspective of like what social change is and what that means for like cultures, mm-hmm. because I think this conversation is different for you know a, 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 a white groups, Latinx groups, Asian groups. I think I think there's the general idea of like oh, okay, cool, but mm-hmm. then I think it's like okay, what does this mean for our culture? And I, for example, we all have the right to carry a gun, right? right. But we know. Me and you carrying a gun is different from a, a white man carrying a gun. Correct. Right? We're gonna be treated. We're gonna be treated differently right, as right. you know, Second Amendment, you know, <laughs> right. rights, you know, holders. Right. So, I think that's that's the larger conversation. I think people also have to think about when mm-hmm. we talk about these kind of these real sensitive, but also like very important topics around gender, sexuality, um, just terms being used like the word um you you, i'm pretty sure you can speak to this any any black boy that plays sports can speak to this i'm pretty sure growing up when we would call something gay Mm -hmm. hey man uh man that's gay you know we wouldn't we i I know i remember growing up like i didn't think i was offending like a whole group of people you know or a whole group you know saying um and it was more culture than anything not saying all culture is you know intelligent Mm -hmm. but like but but when I would talk to some of my gay friends about that, like, hey, like, this is what was happening. And then that's that, that cross-culture exchange. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, you know, it was still, not to say it was right, but you got to understand of, like, what is culture. Another example of that is, <laughs> you might have seen this on the news. Uh, a guy went, a guy told, uh, a guy told a girl, some lady at a, at a, at a, at a grocery store, or some type of business, say, hey, I'm going to, um, gonna go blow up the bathroom and we all know what that means in a mm-hmm. black household right? right you're gonna go take a dump you're gonna, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right, gonna, right. You're gonna go blow it all right she thought it meant like he's gonna literally go blow up the bathroom. it's like a whole story about this right, right and so those type of things like that cross culture like competency and stuff like i think we gotta we gotta look at that stuff too sometimes and realize like okay these are the things that we how we talk how we speak and what they mean with well, different cultures, we we it's about it's all about adapting. Um, 
even in the Bible, it talks about in the, in the end days, right will be wrong and wrong will be right. Mm. So it's like, we just, we're adapting. We're not losing our principles though, but we're right. adapting to what's going on. And I guess you don't want to offend anybody. You know, myself, I got homosexuals in my family. Mm -hmm. uh, love them to death. You know what I'm saying? Die, die for them. Right. But I don't see eye to eye with certain things that they do. Right. It doesn't mean, but that doesn't mean I need to disown them. Right. Yeah. Point blank. <clears throat> and I think uh, that's a, I think that's a, a good, dis like a good distinguishing thing. Like, hey, I don't have to agree with you mm -hmm. of your lifestyle. Right. That don't mean, as long as I'm not being bigoted or hatred. Correct. Or discriminatory towards you because your lifestyle is cool. I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people should smoke cigarettes. But if you smoke cigarettes, and that's your lifestyle choice, mm -hmm. I'm not going to penalize you for that or how I treat you or Correct. what I think about you. That's just that one thing we just don't agree with in life. Correct. Um, but it's a whole different thing. Don't try to push that on me, though. Correct. You know what I'm saying? It I, needs to be a balance. Like, I, and I think that's one thing with yeah. a straight man, heterosexual man, we're not seeing the even playing field. Mm -hmm. As in, um, just don't push it or... Don't try to, well, I always say this, you know, if you, I haven't experienced this, but I've heard this from my friends that sometimes they are, they call them, they can be habitual line steppers. Okay. So basically <laughs> like, you know, you know, I'm not that way. So why are you trying me? Right. So, uh, you got, you know, so that'd be cognitive of that in this world we in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Habitual line steppers. Yeah, There's some habitual line, line steppers out there for right. sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Man, uh, as we wrapping it up, man, just I want to, what's your thoughts, just man, on um, this on life right now, man, on what, on just where we are as a culture. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Now I think about it, because you thought it, we, you you saw my everybody on like a rapper and stuff. Before mm -hmm. before we get up out of here, I gotta I gotta hit you with this one, man. Is rap music today the most popular rap music today that you know we hear in our clubs and we playing? Mm -hmm. um, would it be considered anti-black music? Yes. Mm. All we, all our rapping rappers, male or female, are talking about the destruction of us. Yes, I, I don't want to be a, I'm gonna be a hypocrite right now. I listen to rap, and when even I am, I'm mainly an R&B guy. Uh, but you know, I grew up in high school. You know, Boots and Webb was my favorite rapper. For, they said they my favorite rappers. Right, and I listen to old stuff all the time. Oh, even I when I'm cruising. Um, but when you sit back and really listen to what's going on, it's all about destruction, um, especially with this new drill music out of Chicago. It's kind of leaping out into Atlanta uh, and that style of rapping. It's all about death. And it, it kind of always been that way. We just ain't kind of, we were just more about the song being catchy. But if you really listen to these lyrics, man, it's about, I hate, I hate a black man. And then when it comes down to women, mm. you know, they, they get overly sexualized from themselves and us men uh, exporting them on our, on our rap videos. Right. Um, it's not a good look. I think that we're going to have to change it up at some point. Um, but I don't know when that'll be. I think that we're we're too indoctrinated with it right now. Um, but we got to get this under control because I think that it's really affecting our youth. I don't, I'm going to be honest with personally, I don't think rap music affected our generation like it's doing that. Like we'll hear we'll hear Boots and Webby and get hyped for the football game. Right. Ain't finna maybe go shoot somebody. Right. I feel like the music now it's got these kids, they already on different drugs right. as it is. And then these songs are like chanting. Mm-hmm. Uh and if you real spiritual you understand that's a real correlation with that. Yeah. Um 
we gotta we gotta clean that up. And that's going back to what we said earlier about us black men being black men. Right. Uh, and walking tall and, and showing other avenues. Um, to be to piggyback off of that, we have to also show these young black men, come on, focus on that more than the, than the young girls, that it's more than out here than just being an athlete or a rapper. Um, we don't see anything else when they post up on TV. It's just mm -hmm. a rapper or athlete. Right. Um, but we come, we come from scientists. We come from, you know, just engineers, all these type of things, but we're not putting so much homage on that. We're just looking at, okay, it's not glorified as it needs to be. Right. Uh, we also got to start teaching our kids. You don't always got to go to college. You, you get a trade. Right. Uh, but I think that's been kind of looked down upon, too. Uh, and at the last, even military. Uh, and I come right. from a family of military. Just me and my little brother, the only one that didn't go. I'm sorry, my older brother, we didn't go either. But my dad, my granddad, my sister, all Navy vets. My sister, husband, he's a Marine. Yeah. So a former Marine. So it's like, but I seen how that changed their life. Right. You know, gave them structure and then also gave them a, a head start on life when it comes to even with money. Yeah. Uh, they're blossoming with that. But we, as a culture, we're just so stuck on being the next Michael Jordan, the next Michael Vick, you know what I mean, the next Serena. And we well, you know, that's, if that's all we see, you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like, it's a, like you, it's all we see, it's all we know. That's like our inspiration to be something else or something different is limited. Right. right? And so that's why I'm always, man, trying to really preach like one, it's, and it's, it's the parents, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like when you have kids, like kids can only do so much and find out so much on their own, but it takes parents to kind of introduce them help them explore other things that's like what's in their bird's eye view right mm -hmm. you know, take them to another city take them to another state take them to another country mm -hmm. right introduce them to other sports um and sometimes it, like even through reading or documentaries and things like that can do that as well um and introduce them to things and so that's why i got my son now like in his mind he gonna fly a spaceship yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's because I'm ingrained in that. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you can be an astronaut. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You can go to space. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, <laughs> and, you right. know, and so that's what I'm teaching them because I know, like, hey, like, did nobody instill that in me? You know what I'm saying? And maybe my parents didn't think they could do it or mm -hmm. maybe they didn't feel like it was realistic in general, so therefore it didn't happen. But, like, I say, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. We got to start manifesting it now. Um, and I think that's the, that's the biggest part because we can't depend on media. Nah. We can't depend on them. We can't. We can't depend on those outlets to, to show our kids, especially black kids, especially black boys, you know, their potential. Mm -hmm. You know, because it'd be too much of a threat, I think, to the greater society. But as parents, especially as black men, I think that's where we really come to play. I will um, say we are. You are starting to see some, even some YouTube influencers kind of changing the narrative. I'm. A, I'm. A, I might get some pushback on this, but I'm a fan of Charleston White. Yeah. Oh man, Charleston. Even though he can be his verbiage, I, I don't agree with everything he says. Right. Like, but that's no human being. Like, that's right. Yeah, that's no right. human being. But yeah, I think you but know he, he he's yeah. moving the needle on things that need to be talked about. Yeah. Um, and he does the work too. That's what does. I. That's like that's a. I think that's the biggest difference of like when talking about what he's talking about, but then you know it hits a little harder when he's actually in the community. Right. Like before he went, you know, viral and stuff. Right. He's he's actually you know he worked uh, with a uh, pistol. Pistol, but yeah. also he worked with um, people may know Raheem Buford here. Okay, um, okay. He does a lot of uh, prison reform, working with like he real huge here. He did twenty five years. Okay, um, okay. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 20, 25, 26, something so I like that. You put me up on game. Yeah. I, I knew about the correlation uh-huh. with him and Pistol Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't work together like on okay. like on like on like prison reform and and things like that. So just okay. knowing somebody to do the work that know say, oh no, I was doing the work with Charleston too. Right, In right, some of right. this like prison reform and policy. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's why I met with it. You know, what I mean, I, at the barbershop, I had this discussion. My boy uh, Bleak at uh, Chop Nation, and you know. I'm the outsider when it comes to Charles and that. You know, man, they ain't right. trying to hear nothing about it. But you know, if y'all really just sit there and listen, get outside the antics, just like how we got some of us black men got, we looked outside the antics when it came to Trump. Yeah. Do the same thing with Charles, and you really see the message that's coming through with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he, he, he's about his done. He be saying some crazy stuff. But yeah. stay tuned. I'm actually you know, going to have a sit down with him soon, too. Okay, bet. Yeah, but I think, like, even with him, he says he got to say some wild things because that's what people listen to. Correct. Like if he was just on there talking, talking about, you know what I'm saying, the work he knew, he said he was doing that. It wasn't nobody listening. Same thing with Kevin Samuels. He you know was saying? talking about the, men yeah. the whole first year and then when he starts talking about women. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, so it's, it's, to him, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's weird how, that, how, how our culture of like this United States, we just attracted to certain things, right? We, we attracted to the messiness and then even though we might not like it we're going to tune in mm-hmm. just to, mm-hmm. just so we can comment on it you know mm-hmm. like oh yeah i remember when he said this or she said this da, 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 woo, woo. when like you know what i'm saying people just done the work right <laughs> put that same energy just doing the work right you know what i'm saying you'll solve your own issues um man i want to i want to leave with you man what, you, what else you got going on what you got cooking up man what's 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 next Oh man! So again, man, my podcast about to launch here. I'm Rob the Savage. That's my name on Instagram. Um, 2023 is going to be the year for me, man. On some different projects, um, getting the community involved. I had a great talk earlier uh, with a good friend of mine, Carla Brown, about something her husband's involved with on a sportsplex that hopefully it manifests. The location's supposed to be in Metro Center. That's all I can give you on that right okay. now, but. Uh, I'm going to try to get my boy Riley Howard uh, involved with Elite 3. So um, I'm putting in the work this year, man. Uh, some more war shows I'll be at this year. Uh, just on the networking tip. Just try to get more of them to come to Nashville. Okay. Because we need it. You know, you know there's black money here, too.